I hope that you really do understand as a kid that I was really depressed. I'm happy that not only did I get out of it, but I was able to have a true relationship with you. You know, I love you. Um, and I'm here to support you in whatever. And, you know, I still got a lot of stuff going on, too. So, you know, I think it, it's been like a two-way street. The people who raise you might remember who you were as a child, but do they always recognize who you are as an adult? My name is Paige Polk, a media artist and cultural commentator in New York City. And this is Not Yet, a storytelling podcast about growing up and the relationships that help us along the way. Visit notyetseries.com to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Today's story is all about the Army veteran, security management professional, wife, and mother of three, April born, and their child. My name is Rob, and my pronouns are they, them. Rob is agender, identifying as neither man nor woman, a conversation they have yet to broach with their mom. So throughout their dialogue, April will refer to them as... It's my lovely daughter, Ajila. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's me. (laughs) But that stays in this podcast. I'll let Rob explain for themselves via phone. Just to clarify, what people are hearing now is a dead name that's reserved for my family. So please don't misname me or misgender me. Rob isn't my preferred name. Rob is my name. Thanks, Rob. And so in this episode, we'll explore how a 27-year-long parent and child bond grew from... When you were younger, it was difficult, you know, talking to you. It wasn't that I didn't want to talk. It was that I just physically felt like I couldn't. To this. I caught my mom all the time crying in college. All the time. I didn't know I was good at that. Yeah, but I mean, if you weren't, I probably wouldn't have kept calling you crying all these years. (laughs) Now they want the opportunity to know more about each other and are using this conversation to do it. Hope you can learn. Maybe learn something about me. You know, I think it'll be eye-opening on both sides. Let's begin in the present day. She hasn't been here for like nine months. So she's really just getting back into our our lives. And and, and she's in our basement right now. (laughs) It's like I never left, right? Rob recently returned home from a nine-month army deployment in Kuwait, their second deployment after 10 years serving in the military. You know, now that she's back, that, you know, we're kind of just picking up where we sort of left off. But, you know, she's changed. She's matured. Um just in that short period of time that she's been gone. This is Rob's first time living back home in some time. I moved out when I was 20, my 24th birthday. I'm 27 now, so I haven't lived at home for three years, except now for the past three weeks. But I have an apartment. I just don't want to sleep in it yet. (laughs) I've had some issues moving in, and I just didn't want to be alone. Uh, I had a lot of anxiety, so the the first thing that came in my mind was just go back home and just see your family. Rob now sees their childhood home as a place of refuge and understanding. But it wasn't always this way. Well, as a young a young baby Rob, well, a young baby Ajila. I mean, we didn't we didn't talk much around maybe 
10 years old is when I started clamming up a little bit and it just got worse and worse until kind of was like an actual adult. When you were younger, it was it was difficult, you know, talking to you. But I think, you know, with your parents anyway, that overall, you know, you go through stages and everything in its time. Other than that, it would have been forced, you know, it just wasn't natural. And when it became natural, you know, it just just flowed. You know, I don't even think about it. I, I don't even really think about, you know, too much when we didn't talk a whole lot. To me, it's almost like it's all, always been this way. I definitely remember it's not talking. Yeah, well, it wasn't because I didn't want to talk to you. No, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was depressed. Yes, I was. Oh. I was depressed. I was a depressed kid, definitely clinically depressed kid. So, um, it wasn't that I didn't want to talk. It was that I just physically felt like I couldn't. But yeah, it wasn't. You know, I liked you. It was just sad. I was a sad kid. <laughs> yes, I know. I when I'm a, I'm a happy adult. Yes, <laughs> you're you're a pretty happy adult. Pretty for happy. The most part. As an adult. Rob went on to spend 11 months in their first military deployment in Djibouti, a relatively small country on the northeastern horn of Africa. I came back from my first deployment, and I think I just matured a little bit more. I was older, of course, but it wasn't really that. It was just like, that was my first time being away from home for like a significant period of time and many, many miles away, significant time difference. And when I came home, we just started bonding like, really bonding. A bond that the pair really forged during Rob's college years. I caught my mom all the time crying in college. College was hard. I was working, I was in the military, and I was living by myself, and I constantly called her crying and asking her to read my papers, and sometimes a mixture of both. You know, sometimes when I call, you know, we talking, gotta uh, hurry up, get off the phone because you gotta go to work or something like that, but you know, when I call you crying, you're very calm and, and soothing, and usually... I get off the phone and I'm no longer crying and I'm fine. I go about my business. Oh, I, I didn't know I was good at that. Yeah, but well, I mean, if you weren't, I probably wouldn't have kept calling you crying all these years. <laughs> I've been doing that for about 10 years. <laughs> I would have stopped a long time ago. I, I was just doing the best that I could do. I didn't have a notebook or say, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. I just figured I would listen and I'd try to talk and give some advice and consolation as much as I could. You know, sometimes you don't know, you, you know, if you've done the right thing. Because I have a son and it's never the right thing with him. So I'm, uh, I guess I'm doing like, um, and, and with my other son. So you're really 33% successful. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> you, there's nothing you could do about them. It's really because Ajila is Ajila. I could have the same type of relationship with my son if they had that type of personality. She's very loving. For the most part, she's a, a pleasant person to, to, to be around and to, you know, hang out with and Aww. talk to and all that other stuff. So don't make me cry, girl. Don't cry. No, I'm gonna look ugly if I cry. Yeah. <laughs> And now a few words from one of our sponsors. Are you weary of the ways of the world? We are too. The New York Dose podcast is a speculation-based, topical platform providing millennial conversations around hip-hop culture, current events, and a dose of NYC lifestyle. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play, and all social sites at The New York Dose, or simply thenewyorkdose.com. Join us for the conversations that need to be had. I mean, we've been really working on our relationship. We're at a point where we could really 
chill as adults and talk as adults and drink as adults. <laughs> um. <laughs> so what do adult conversations sound like? For Rob, it can go a little something like this. You me just write yeah. with my dribbling penis and, on this paper and see <laughs> my dribbling. I'm so mad that you said dribbling That is Rob's very adult podcast. So co-host podcast about sex, love, and dating from the perspective of four black feminists living in New York City. And I didn't tell anybody in my family when I started doing it. I'm very honest on the podcast, not as honest as I am in real life, but I'm pretty honest. I'm pretty open. But I did decide to tell my mom very casually at that, like, hey, this is just something that I'm I'm doing. I tell her about all the opportunities and the events we do and how we do things. And, and I just think it's so funny because it's a podcast about sex, love, and dating. I'm like, wow, I can be, like, honest about, like, having sex. And I talk about it on a podcast. It didn't bother me. It was just... Just like, you know, someone coming and saying, hey, blah, 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 this is what I'm doing. And you know who it would have bothered. Well, that's why you didn't tell him. Yeah. <laughs> him, Colonel Semple, April's husband, Rob's dad, the patriarch of their military family. We've always been the pretty, oddly, well, not oddly, it's odd for me now as an adult, but a patriotic family. Both my brothers. Uh, one prior service, one still in. My dad's still in like 41 years and my mom did 12 years. So I grew up around it. I got to see them both in the military at the same time. So I knew that it was possible to have a career in whatever I wanted to do and be in the military. Uh, they showed me that it was like a good source of income. There are things that you can get out of it. You have to use it to your advantage. Aside from a source of income and education, the military also opened Rob's eyes to the ways of the world. I started um, realizing racism and homophobia and sexism all while I was deployed, but I still didn't have that vocabulary to really talk about it. So I just knew how I felt, but I couldn't really say anything because it's like, what do you say when you don't have the words to say it? That was when I went to college. And then I started learning all of the words and um, the vocabulary to express myself. I don't like feeling uncomfortable in spaces at that. So I'm very vocal when things are transphobic, homophobic, misogynistic, like uh, racist. That's my kind of politics. But in the military... Ten hut! I don't, I don't speak my mind. I can't. I'm in a very strongly masculine, white field. So I definitely cannot even if I want to, a lot of times I just have to just walk away. I have to leave the room or pleasantly act like, can you just not? And I talked to my mom about some of it, but not all of it. All of it, I think it would have, it would have asked for more conversations that I don't think I felt like having at the time because Kuwait was, that was a really stressful time. Because there's things, as I'm still discovering myself, there's things that I just haven't quite shared with you yet because I just haven't, I think a lot of it's I haven't had the opportunity or if I did have the opportunity, I was probably a little scared. I'm almost afraid to hear what it is that, you know, that you have to oh, say. Oh, no, you should never be afraid. No, well, because every bad thing that happens to you, everything that upsets you, anything that makes you cry, that makes you angry, that, you know, is something that's just not good that happens in your life, it affects us. I know it affects me. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't tell me anything, but... 
when I hear it, it 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 bothers me. You know, it bothers me that it that it happened. It bothers me that, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. Her pain is my pain. So whatever the pain is, I'm going to feel some of it, even though I wasn't there, even though I didn't experience it. You know, I'm going to feel it. I always do. It hasn't failed yet. And now a few words from one of our sponsors. Sometimes the man of your dreams is already taken when you meet. Sometimes a Tinder hookup can lead to a four-year relationship. And sometimes you elope in Vegas after knowing each other for just a few weeks. Tune in to the How Do You Meet podcast to hear friends and New York Times colleagues, Iman Stevenson and Pierre-Antoine Lewis, talk to people in romantic, platonic, and business relationships about how they met. Listen and subscribe at howdoyoumeet.com. That's H-O-W-D-U-M-E-E-T dot com. Conversations about unsaid and hidden pain are a part of Rob and April's relationship, ones that they hope to unpack soon. We're going on vacation soon, and I do plan on telling you more about myself because there's a lot of things I've discovered since the last time we got to spend time alone, which has been a long time. Almost like since you were a little girl. But for now, is there anything the two want to share with one another? I have so many other things on my mind. Mm. Won't you go? All right. <laughs> you asked me to ask. How would you feel if I married or decided to spend my life with somebody who was not a man or who did not have a penis? Well, first I'd have to get your father through it. It, it would it, it would be well, besides a, that because yeah. I already know that the yeah, heart attack will ensue. It would be a, a lot. Well, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, Ajila, um, the main thing is that you're happy, and that whoever you're with, you know, loves you, respects you, and treats you well. You know, so if you're happy, then I'm happy. Now, I do want grandchildren from you, but you know so, that's possible. What? Have grandchildren without... I understand okay. that. I'm just telling you. All right, sis. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, I've, I've known about all the various facets of you for quite some time, so that would not surprise me. Now, your dad would probably, you know, have to give him a couple of drinks and some therapy, but he'll get through it. Fair enough. Thanks. That went well. Let's revisit April. I have so many other things on my mind. What kinds of things... When will your father and I be able to have our life back, our situation now? My mother-in-law lives with us, but it's not just because she lives with us. She's um, 88 years old and she has dementia. And when I say that my house is crazy because of that, it is really, really crazy. Um, And it bothers me. We don't have any children, you know, little children anymore. So technically, we should be able to do whatever the heck it is we want to do, whenever we want to do it. And wondering, you know, when we're going to be able to, um, you know, move on with the future plans that we had for our life. Everything's kind of on hold because of that. That's a, a good amount of what's on my mind a lot of times, unfortunately. And how does April look to Rob for support? I mean, I think that we talk more about stuff now, you know, that you're older. But, you know, one thing that I feel that, you know, when I really talk about things that um, bother me, 
that I don't think you totally 100% sometimes get it. It's hard to picture when you're not there. You know, I, I don't know how you would, you know, take some of the things that, because there's been some crazy things that have gone on in, in our household. I personally just, I couldn't imagine um, that situation happening to me. Not that that's a bad thing, you know, but so I try not to talk to you about it because that's a, a major part, unfortunately, of my world right now. Um, so it's just my reality. And it, you know, I have to deal with it every single day in some form or fashion. Is ever present. You know, I think at some point in time, as time goes on and, you know, you get older, I get older, that there'll be things that we would have never thought that we would have talked about. So it's fair to say their dialogue is definitely growing. And a big part of that shift had to do with their 2017 conversation about death and dying. Well, death and just also getting and getting old. old. My mom's dad, my beloved grandfather passed away last year, almost a year ago. So, uh, and then my great-grandfather, her grandfather passed away uh, mid last year. So that was definitely something that we've been talking about. And if we didn't feel like talking about it, it's like we realized like we got to talk about it uh, to be ready financially and just, you know, in general, like if something were to happen, so it would be catastrophic to us. So um now we both talk about it. So she tells me that, you know, what my role would be if anything were to happen and what she would want if anything were to happen. One day you look and you go, man, you know, mom, dad, they're looking pretty old. I remember when they used to be like this. And, and you know, then you start to think, you know, one day that that's going to be me. You know, you hope that you keep your wits about you when you're older, but you don't know if you're going to have health challenges Alzheimer's or d dementia or, you know, any of the things that older um, adults suffer from, you just don't know. And then what's going to happen? Because the reason why we're in the situation that we're in is because no one planned for anything. There were no plans. And so when there are no plans, then whatever happens, happens. And it was just by chance um, that, you know, my husband stepped in. So it's, um, it's, it's rough. There was no planning. So it's not a, a, a great situation. And I don't want that to happen to my children, but I really only trusted Jayla really to, um, take care of me or take care of, of business. Let's put it that way. You're the only one I trust. I said, if, if I, if I had to depend on your brothers, I hope I die long before <laughs> Help. It's okay. I'd rather go. <laughs> when I'm famous, I could take you on the cruises for free. Oh, okay. We don't got to pay a thousand dollars no more. Oh, okay. We eating caviar on the roof deck. Caviar? I don't eat that, but we're going to do it anyway. We're going to do it big. One time. Just one time. Okay. All right. <laughs> Before closing, I asked Rob and April if they had any last words. Well, Miss G, um, I'm so happy that you are back home. You got so much ahead of you. You've uh, set, a, I think, a good foundation for, you know, success. I've always told you that I thought you were a great person. You know, I love you. And I'm here to support you in whatever. And, you know, I still got a lot of stuff going on, too. So, you know, I think it, it's been like a two-way street. And, um... I just look forward to your journey because it's really just beginning. 
knowing you gives me the courage to to not settle um, and to not sacrifice. Because even though I gave a lot, I've never sacrificed because a part of it is like, I just didn't want you to be disappointed. Like, why did you... Like, you're, like, the reason, the voice of reason in my head. Because I'm like, my mother would kill me if she knew the stupid shit that I just did. I hope that you really do understand as a kid that I was really depressed. I'm happy that not only did I get out of it, but I was able to um, have a real, true relationship with you. You know, I love you. I love you, too. All right. We kiss each other on the forehead mm-hmm. sometimes, too. We are always in transition when we're growing into the people we want to be. It only makes sense that our relationships are growing as well. What's the biggest shift you've experienced in one of your relationships? Email us at notyetseries at gmail.com with your story, and you could be on our next season of Not Yet. This is the end of season one, and thanks for tuning in. To listen to other episodes, subscribe to the podcast, and learn more about the project, visit notyetseries.com. Talk soon. Not Yet is a podcast hosted by Paige Polk and produced by Paige Polk and Sam Riddell. Elizabeth Olguin is our social media manager, and our theme music was produced by Luigi. This episode featured interviewees Rob Semple and April Bourne.